0: Hey, welcome back to Woman Talk to God, WTTG. It's been a minute, y'all. I'm your host, your girl, Sean Owens, and I'm super excited that you have decided to join us for 25 days in December of Making Much of Jesus. We will be hearing some awesome testimonies from both men and women, how Jesus is still saving souls. Let's tune in. Hey, friends. Today, I have the honor to sit and chat with my big bro, Dennis Washington, Pastor oh. Dennis Washington. We are about to hear his testimony of how Jesus is still saving sinners like you and me. Welcome, mm. Pastor Dennis.
1: What's good, Sean?
0: Nothing much. super excited that you have decided to say yes and join the podcast.
1: Absolutely I'm excited to be here. Anything that Sean has to has to do, I'm all about it, right. Mm. So- Before we even get started, I got a quick thing for your listeners, man. I got an email from Sean to be on the podcast, and it said, women talk to God. And I'm like, hold up. I'm a man. Was this email for me? (laughs) So I'm so glad that you confirmed that this interview is for the brothers, too. So I'm happy to be here, sis. Praise
0: God. Yeah. So uh, Pastor Dennis, go ahead and just share your testimony, man. The floor is yours.
1: Yeah. So I would say my testimony is pretty much first Corinthians chapter three, verse six, one plants, another waters, but God causes the growth. So I grew up in the Bronx, New York, um, the best place on earth, home of the best pizza. Um, But I really, every time I big up New York, I really have a love hate relationship with the place. Um, I love the fact that I grew up in the city um, but I hate the fact that there was just so many different simple things I had to, had to go through before the Lord called me, but he works all things together. So I grew up in, um, a non-Christian home. Um, we didn't go to church. We didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, I was spiritually dead. I was on my way to becoming a statistic, either dead or in jail, but really worse than that on my way to an eternity separated from God, um, uh, with no father figure in the home, Had to find my identity from the males on the block Um, and growing up in the Bronx. You know, it's a place where everybody wanted to be a rapper, drug dealer, basketball player, you name it. So what I saw is what I did. And I did it all because I wanted to be a man in that sense. I wanted to find my identity and what I thought being a man was. Um, So found myself kind of depressed from life beating me down from doing all these different things um, and really was headed to self-destruction in this life and the life to come. Um, I was surrounded by bad news all the time, friends being shot, killed, going to prison, getting um, deported to, to other places, back to their home countries, um, had more guns pulled out on me than I, I can't even remember. Um, but there was one time where I do remember, which stands out to me. It's the time I was walking with a friend in the neighborhood and ran to a guy he had beef with, had nothing to do with the situation. Got flashes his gun, and where I'm from, if you flash a gun, that means you're gonna use it. And he said, I should kill both of you right now. Um, but he didn't. And the question in the back of my mind was always, why didn't he? Why didn't he? Why did he spare our lives that day? And really, I was like, you know what? I need to make a change from this. This is crazy, man. One day I'm, uh, I'm gonna get shot and killed for nothing. For, for nothing I'm involved with. <clears throat> so one day my sister invited me um, to come down south. I call anything down south past Washington, DC. So she lived in um, Georgetown, South Carolina. And she said, why don't you come down for the summer with me? I was about 19 years old, um, about 18 years old this time. And if you know anything about down south, um, two things, right? Uh, they love to eat, they feed you well, and they go to church. So I went down there, gained about 20 pounds, and we went to church every Sunday. Fat. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, right. And I ain't mad at it. It was just a good br- break to get away from the city. <clears throat> and there, I would say, is where I kind of saw the church in a different light before I had all these other ideas about church and what it was like. But there, man, I found genuine love. People that didn't know me but was genuinely concerned for me and prayed for me and loved me and cared for me. Um, I wouldn't say that I was saved uh, when I came back, but I I would say that God definitely planted a seed, right? So I get back to New York and I'm um, still acting a monkey fool, crazy as ever. Um, but at least I had that seed that was uh, deposited in me. So then I go, um, I'm working at a fast food restaurant, Wendy's, right? Working the drive through getting my $4.25 an hour. <laughs> and here through the drive-thru um, comes this guy in a white Montero Jeep. And he's like, if you want one of these, join the Navy. And I'm like, okay. So I end up going to the recruiting station, and I'm talking to the Navy, and they're like, yeah, you're gonna be, you know, in the Navy. You'll be on a ship for six months at a time. And cut that off. Wasn't gonna do that. Ended mm-hmm. up with the Marines and the Army, and I finally landed uh, with the Air Force. So I enlisted into the the Air Force. Uh, which was my primary motivation was first to get up out of the neighborhood. And um, they had me take a test and I scored scored pretty well on it um, and became an intel analyst in the United States Air Force. Uh, So I go, enlist. um, I'm there for a while. That's where I um, I married my wife and had twin daughters. And during this time, I told my first sergeant, I said, hey, sergeant, we're having twins. He said, congratulations, you're getting deployed to Afghanistan. So it rocked us, turned our world upside down, um, got deployed. My wife is pregnant with twins. And um, this is around the time where the D.C. sniper is, you know, taking shots at people when they're going to the gas station. And uh, I'm over in a war zone and I'm thinking I'm in the worst place ever. But my wife is back at home trying to dodge bullets. Uh, It was just a very difficult and tough time uh, for our, our family during this time but how they say sometimes there's no atheists and foxholes. while I was there in Afghanistan. Um, you know, this is where I I began to, to really see the Lord's hand. I seen, um, they had like a little makeshift church that they had there, um, on base. And I went there one day and saw all these other soldiers, uh, in the church and they was worshiping God and praising God. And I'm like, these guys are in the same situation that I am, I'm in, but it looks like they have joy and they have peace. And I was like, whatever they have, I want. And I began to talk with them after service and they was like, yeah, man, I'm a Christian and we having this Bible study you should join us. And that's where I began to read the word. And that's when the word started reading me. And when I came back after being deployed, we ended up getting um, planted in the church, uh, attending church on a regular basis. That's where I heard the gospel preached and, um, Yeah, man, I just I just love the church after that. Um, That's where it gets a little foggy. I don't know. Right. Some people know exactly at the point of their conversion. But what I do know is that, um, yeah, I heard the gospel. And as I began taking classes, matter of fact, the class name was Way of the Master, which was an evangelism class of all things. And I heard about um, coming to repentance and faith and the weight of my sin before a holy God. And um, that's where I, I I turned from my sin and put my trust in Jesus, and from that point on, my wife and I we now have four kids together, and we've been running and living for Jesus ever since. Mm. So to God the glory indeed. To God Amen.
0: Glory. Amen. Know. Wow, bro. <laughs> um. Well, even in this season here, like with so much going on with COVID, um, and just life what is this what is one of your favorite scriptures that you're leaning into
1: now yeah so like i got that's always a hard question right like i got so many favorite scriptures but i mean right now um the great commission and mm-hmm. the great commission right so mm-hmm. Matthew 28 18 to 20 talked about go make disciples of all nations baptizing them, the naming the father son Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And lo, I'm with you always until the end of the age. But David, in Revelation 7:9 has been really, really impactful to me. And I just want to read that uh, briefly. And it says, um, this is John. He's having this vision in heaven. And he says, after this, I look and behold a great multitude that no one could number. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Ooh. So to me, great commission of going to the nations is a mission that will be successful, that will be accomplished. And every nation, tribe, and tongue will be giving our God his due worth. And I'm like, man, today we have so many people who's looking for a mission, looking for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And God is great commission to be a part of. And it will be successful. So that, that kind of keeps me focused and, and gives me right perspective. And um, yeah, that's just the two, two verses, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and Revelation 7, 9.
0: Mm -hmm. pastor dennis i just see that i see that all how how you're just very passionate about um the great commission man and I, i appreciate that i appreciate that um for an unbeliever someone who's not a believer right now who's listening to this podcast what is um something that you would like to encourage them as to why they should put their trust in this jesus that we're talking about and making much of
1: yeah, man. So first of all, 2020 has been a crazy year, right? We can all, believer and unbeliever, can can attest to that, right? Fair. Many people wonder, like, yo, how can it still be considered like a Merry Christmas? Like, mm. of course, like New Year, I can't wait for that. But how can it be a Merry Christmas? How can we still find joy and hope in the midst of two pandemics, right? One, the coronavirus, and then two, the racial unrest, right? Yeah, both have havoc. On us physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, and even spiritually. It's caused us to wrestle, even as Christians, with some hard questions. Um, So, no doubt, both of them are going to go down in history. Um, But if your joy and your hope is based on circumstances or situations dictated by the world, then you really have no joy or hope. And that's not to say that the Christian doesn't get discouraged, but our hope and our joy is rooted in something deeper and it's not to say that christians are perfect it's just that we're forgiven Mm. that we're perfect but we are forgiven so that hope is rooted in something beyond us and that's the christmas message as we think about christmas as it's coming up here soon uh, my mind goes right to isaiah 714 that's quoted in matthew's gospel where uh, he says that the virgin shall conceive and it's a miracle And they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. That's another miracle. So the whole incarnation is a miracle. This is the miracle of Christmas, how a perfectly holy and righteous God can have a relationship with a sinful people who deserve death. This God-man, Christ Jesus, who came and lived a life that we couldn't live. Holy, it was perfect. He obeyed God's law at every point. Um, he who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. And then this same Jesus died the death that we should have died. But on the third day, he rose from the dead, defeating death in the grave. And this proved that he was the acceptable, acceptable, sacrificial lamb of God and taking our sins on our behalf. And the, and, the, and the scripture tells us when we turn from that sin, when we turn from um, sin and put our trust in Jesus, we can receive forgiveness. So for the unbeliever who's um, struggling to find hope, to find joy, to find peace, struggling about do they believe in God? Um, just know that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life that's the good news that's what christmas is about and that's what i hope is rooted in Mm.
0: thank you pastor dennis thank you so much for your time thank you for sharing your testimony um yeah merry christmas
1: merry christmas sister
0: bye peace thank you for tuning in i hope that by listening to this testimony you have been encouraged if you are listening and you are not a believer which means that you have not placed your faith in Jesus. I pray that you realize that you are a sinner in need of a savior. I encourage you to reach out to the person that shared this podcast with you and tell them that you would like to learn more about Jesus. If you are a believer, I encourage you to go tell it. Go tell someone about Jesus. Go and share the gospel. It's all about him. He is our only hope. And I also hope that you would tune in tomorrow as we are making much of Jesus.